This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Backpacking Podcast. As always, John Kelly here with Jeremiah Stringer. Jeremiah, Mr. King of Backpacking, sir. I'm still celebrating May the 4th with a delicious cappuccino as we talk today. Now, did you watch episode 5 on May the 5th? Did I watch episode 5 on May the 5th? Yes. No, I didn't. Oh, mean Empire Strikes Back? Yeah, I think that that is allegedly a thing. Is it really? I don't know. I may have seen a meme somewhere. Who knows? All I know is that there's a new cartoon for little kids. Yeah. And my kids definitely watched that cartoon on May the 4th. (laughs) And I might have played a little bit on the PlayStation with the, uh, what's it called? Uh, One of the Star Wars games. <laughs> oh, I'm dude! Terrible I, speaking of Star games. Wars, uh, one of my guilty pleasures whenever I am traveling is to play a little bit, a little bit of video games. I downloaded the whole trilogy, or the whole saga, I guess you would say, um, on Lego Star Wars on my phone. Dude, phones Ooh. are so powerful now, and like I have mobile Call of Duty, and yeah, you can hook up a controller to your phone and play COD mobile. And like, really? Yes. I have been able to party up with some of my students at school. So basically what that means is you all join a lobby together and then you can play together. So I don't know. It's super fun. That sounds like a good time. Um, for me, it's been fun just like pretending like vicariously through the video game that I'm a Jedi. (laughs) I like it. So my son, my son had his last day of preschool this past week. Oh, congratulations. Or I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm not really sure which one. Well, he's at the babysitters. So, I mean, it's all good either way. But the thing was for him, my wife did one of those at the beginning of the year things where you hold the picture up and it's got your favorite things on it. Yeah. And at the end of the summer, uh, it had what he wanted to be when he grows up. Do you know what he wanted to be? Uh, the first one or the second one? The second one. Oh, Please tell me you put Jedi. Jedi Knight. That's right. <laughs> That's what my son decided he wants to be when he grows up. So I think I'm doing well in the parenting department right now. Jeremiah, I watched a video yesterday. Yeah, what video was it? I watched a video of, of our good friend, Mr. Backpacking with Jason, sir. And <laughs> I saw a tarp that I have seen for four or five years now, and it was leaking. Yeah, we talked a little bit about this in a previous episode, if you didn't get to hear. And John is right. The the tarp didn't hold out. Well, it held out for like 8 to 10 years. That's pretty good. Well, I was going to say, he, I mean, he had it when it was called, it wasn't called Dyneema. It was called Cuban Fiber, like way back in the day. And, I mean, I saw, the first time I saw that tarp was... August of 2019. That's the first time I saw it. And it was the first time I'd ever been to Hanson's Point. And it was with Jason and my buddy Ian. And Jason had his whole hammock set up. 
and was using that tarp. And I remember looking at that, just thinking hashtag life goals, you know, <laughs> I wanted one of those Dyneema. Well, at the time, Cuban fiber tarps so bad. And, uh, man, he put that thing. He told me the other day, I texted him. He said 800 nights. Do you believe that? 800, 800 nights? nights. I mean, he's out probably on average, at least two to three nights a week, right? Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. So I'd say that adds up if I did the math. And you know what's crazy is we're the ones doing a podcast and he's the one that's out two or three nights a week. Yeah, well, that's okay. I I can talk all day, but he puts it in <laughs> he can he puts it into action, man. Yeah, he's so he's so great, man. He's that, so great. So tell me about the storms, because were you out there with him during this? Yes. Yes. So if I remember correctly, there was four of us. So you watched the video. I haven't seen it yet. He put it out on Monday. Yeah. So there's four of us, right? Okay. I think so. So me, one of my college buddies, one of Jason's buddies, and Jason. And we all met up, dude. I knew that uh, ahead of time it was going to be storming. We were looking at it all throughout the week. And, like, we were about to cancel it twice. Because mm. it was like... All day Saturday and all evening Friday, they were given like thunderstorms up to 30, 35 mile per hour gust, something like that. This, I may be being a bit hyperbolic. And what weekend was remember. this? This was like, I don't know, maybe three weeks ago, three weekends ago. Okay, funny like thing. I was out too. We'll talk about that in a second. So keep going. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what happened. The weather took a turn for the good, or at least I thought so. And then I was on the way there and just got absolutely downpoured on. So when we got out of the vehicle, it had just freshly rained. But it looked like uh, we weren't going to get caught until later in the storms. And turns out we didn't until about 11.30 p.m. when Grant and I were like, dude, it's about to rain. Like it's starting to sprinkle. Everybody else was asleep. We said, let's, yep. let's hit the hay. And then I woke up the next day. Oh, like a spring chicken. I stretched it out. Had a great night's sleep in my hammock. Full night's rest. I walked over. Well, actually, Jason was still in his hammock. I was like, this is weird. And the rest of us were kind of up and moving. And I was like, hey, man, how did you sleep? He's like, terrible. I woke up. <laughs> my butt was just laying in a puddle in my underquilt, just soaking wet. Oh, that is the worst feeling in the world, man. I have yet to experience waking up in the wet in the hammock. Oh, my gosh. So so I watched the video, and you could see it dripping from the ceiling of his, of his or the ridgeline, I guess, from, from his tarp. And uh, he ended up putting his raincoat <laughs> over, his, over his bug net underneath <laughs> where the tarp was dripping so it dripped down the raincoat and onto the ground and not on him. He said, he said it kept waking him up because he could feel the sprinkles on his face. Yeah. Now I was in a storm several years ago in a tent and it was like, it was one of those days where it was like 85 degrees during the day. Mm -hmm. And then we had to set up in the rain. So we set up in the rain and it poured all night. And so the condensation on the inside was so thick that when the raindrops were hitting the outside of the tent, it was splashing the condensation on my face. Oh, man. You're getting rained on inside the tent. I, w I was getting rained on the whole night. I mean, everything was just damp. It wasn't like 
wet, but it was that it was worse than wet. I think. Yeah, it's you know, because when it's damp, it just feels bad. Yeah, and your stuff doesn't loft up, like oh, at all. It's easy to all. get cold. Well, I didn't need any, I definitely didn't need insulation because it was warm out. But man, it that's awful when you're getting wet when you're trying to sleep at night. So I totally get, uh, I, I get the frustration on his part. Now, totally with, with the hammock, if your tarp is working properly, which I'll be honest, it, the first time I seen that tarp, the it's like fraying at the parts. He's used it so much. Yeah, it's like literally fraying at every corner, and it looks like a spider web just coming apart. But he continued to use it. If your tarp is working properly in your hammocking typically you can set up your tarp even in the rain and then you have a dry place to like set everything up in your hammock and stuff but dude yep. with the tent have you ever used or had to set up your rain fly they i think they call it like a a, a fast, fast fly setup yeah fast fly setup. have you ever yep. had to do that one time and how successful was it because i have a tent that does it but I haven't practiced enough setting up the rain fly without the tent body inside. I don't even know how to do I'll it. Say, I'll say this. I'll say this. It was successful, and it was 100% miserable. <laughs> what do you mean? But, yeah, well, so the, the idea of it is you, you set up your tent poles with your fly, mm -hmm. and then you set up your, your inner for your tent underneath it. And so I found out, like, I needed to get underneath the fly – you know, so I tried to keep the inner part of the tent in my in my backpack so that it wouldn't get wet. Yeah. And so luckily I had everything in a in a dry bag on the inside, so it was good. So I got underneath, and here's the problem is your knees are still gonna get muddy as I'll get out. And so, like, yes, the inside of my tent was dry, but I was so covered in filth by the end of it all because I having to get on the ground and do all this like trying to get underneath the fly and set it all up. And uh, even with the oh. ground cloth, the ground cloth was moving around. And I was trying to put together in my head. like It worked. It worked. And my stuff, luckily, I mean, it did keep my stuff dry. So in the long run, it was good. But having to wipe myself down that night with wet wipes and stuff and clean myself off was a pain in the butt. So the way that you're set up, you had to kind of crawl inside of the rain fly to, like, get everything, like, hooked up and strapped in and Velcroed together and all that. Yeah, and and well, and to set up the inner, you have to get underneath it. Yeah. So, so like, yeah, so you're you're gonna have to get down on your hands and knees and do some work. Yeah, I was so trying to figure it's it like, out. but but I think dirt's better than wet. They're both pretty tough, but if everything's already soaking muddy around you, yeah, I guess you're gonna get muddy. I was trying to figure out like why is John on his hands and knees trying to set up this tent and stuff, but I didn't realize you'd have to crawl inside, and it's a backpacking tent, so I assume it's pretty tight quarters. Yeah, it's that it's the world's worst backpacking tent too. It's that big Agnes Fly Creek that you slept in once. <laughs> oh, the doghouse. The doghouse. Yeah, it was totally the doghouse. Now Bridget and I, we've uh we've had set up in the rain, you know, a number of times. And we had when when we were backpacking a lot together, we had we had it down to a science exactly what each person's job was on setting up the tent together. And right. dude, we could set that tent up. I mean, in good conditions, the inner with the poles, I'd say less than less than three minutes probably. It was very, very quick. 
And you're talking about the big North Face tent? The big, yeah, the palace. The oh, three-person. <laughs> the Triarch 3. It's a, <laughs> it's a great tent. It's not super great if you're setting it up by yourself. But for the first time ever, and the guy who owns it is watching you and making fun of you as you try to like connect all the poles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we were able. We've had to set up in the rain, and I my philosophy is just try to do it as quickly as possible. Now, heeding your advice there on setting yours up and crawling in inside and all that, it makes me sound like I don't even want to do the fast pitch setup. So I guess that's not even really a selling point to me anymore. Well, like I said, though, none of my stuff was wet. That is true. So but my, my, my gear on the inside of my tent stayed dry. So it did its job. It was just a pain in the butt getting there. So if you're thinking end goal, it was totally worth it. If you're thinking current situation, it's not fun. So if you're, if you're willing to look past the current situation to get to the end goal, which is dry stuff, it's totally worth it, if that makes sense. Yeah, that is true. I remember when we were in Holy Cross Wilderness, Colorado, this is what some people tell you the solution to this problem we're talking about is. Get a tent that is single wall. And then whenever you're setting it just up. set it up. Yeah, you just set it up and you're done. Now, I set it up in Colorado and still got some water on the inside because it's hard not to whenever you're, you're literally like putting the tent on the ground and having to stake out different spots. And meanwhile, it's right. pouring the rain and that has to pull somewhere and it's right. going to pull in the, the low parts of your tent. So I don't know it. Sometimes you can't win for losing, you know? Yeah. Well, Hey, do you want to hear a redemption story? Oh, absolutely. Dude. I'd love to. Okay. So we just got to talking about Jer or, or Jason's absolute horror story of a night that same weekend. <laughs> yeah. Well, do you remember my trip to uh, the Foothills Trail in November that kind of got sidetracked because of gear failure? Yes, absolutely. My buddy Sean that went with me. Uh-huh. Well, Sean and I went on an overnight trip to the Red River Gorge the same weekend you guys were down in the Daniel Boone. You were like at Van Hook Falls and stuff, right? Yeah, around that area. Okay, so we get out and we get to Tar Ridge, which is uh, – this really cool area, the north part of the Red River Gorge here in Kentucky. And uh, there's two different sides to it. There's the east side and the west side. Both have phenomenal overlooks at the ends of these trails. And so we go on Tar Ridge West. And I've never been on it before, but our buddy Jason's always said, you got to check out Tar Ridge West. So we got on it, hiked out however long it is, like a mile and a half, two miles out to the campsite. Uh, checked out the overlooks, all this stuff. Well, my buddy Sean had taken that tent the one that had completely failed on him. He brought it home from that trip. He got it all set up, re-seam sealed the entire thing, wow. cleaned the outside of the tent, sprayed it down with DWR, did all the work, right? Because, uh -huh. I mean, it's 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 a tiger wall. These are good tents. Yeah. You know, they're good-sized tents. He His pitch is always just really good. Well, he gets it all set up. That night, the rain pours. And I want to give a big heads up to uh, Outdoor Vitals. The Fortius was a pro. Like, nothing got inside that tent. I mean, there was water hitting hard and splashing and all that kind of stuff, and nothing got into that tent. But uh, for, uh, for Sean's tent, no leaking whatsoever. He had some condensation because, I mean, it's condensation. It happens. And the only water that got in was underneath one of his um, 
one of his vestibules because the wa- the rain was blowing so hard, it was almost raining sideways at points. So it was just hitting underneath his uh, underneath the awning there. But other than that, man, seriously, it, the tent performed perfectly. So redemption story for the big Agnes Tiger wall that my buddy Sean was using. I told Jason that if he wanted to keep that tarp and keep using it, I mean, he could seam seal and just, you know, paint on that seam seal or on that ridge, and it would still work. Put it on both sides of it. Yeah, and that would be fine. But if I was him, yeah. I would just replace it. You know, if you have the financial means to buy one of those Dyneema tarps, they work better than the uh, Sil Poly tarps. You know, they don't hold water like those do. They don't compress as small, so it could be a little bit bulkier. You can store it on the outside of your tent. Don't have to worry about it, or the outside of your pack. Don't have to worry about it getting wet. But um, I have a question for you on the condensation and the rain that's splashing in. Yeah. So, I want to know, and you may just have to speculate on this, but I want to know, from a video I watched a long time ago, is it a good idea, if it's going to be pouring the rain real hard, for you to kind of pile up leaves around your tent to keep the rain from blowing and splashing in? It's interesting you say that. It's really interesting you say that, because where I had to set my tent up, the side where the rain would have been pushing in, there was just a bit of a hill. So like where my tent was laying was pretty flat, but there was a little hill that started inside the vestibule and went up and made my rain fly actually almost touching the ground Mm. on that side. And that was the side where the wind was blowing. I got no water in my vestibule. Well, so I would say that's not a bad idea at all. Well, like if you know the rain's coming and you know it's going to blow hard, there's nothing wrong with putting some leaves and stuff and trying to keep that water up from getting in there. That's not a bad idea at all. Well, here's what I think could be an issue, the condensation. Because I don't know, like I haven't mastered the art of getting good airflow through my tent. I don't do a ton of tent camping, but yeah. you know when I do, I typically don't have a huge problem with condensation, but like... I mentioned Holy Cross Wilderness and how we went yeah. out there. We camped by this, like, glacial lake or, I don't know, maybe not glacial. Maybe it's just runoff from the snow up there. But um, you, I got a lot of humidity in the air since we were, I don't know, 400 feet from the lake or 200 feet or something. And I wondered if I put leaves all around my tent – would that not make the condensation even worse because now I'm not getting like very much airflow at all? I, I think it just depends. I think if if we would have looked at the forecast and taken a compass or something to see the direction we were in, uh-huh. we would know where the wind would have been blowing from, and you could just put it on the one side and leave the other side alone. Now, do you ever? You use, know what I mean? Yeah, I think that would work. And then you're still getting and also some it, you have to know like are there vent points in your tent like. In uh, my new palace that I just got in a couple weeks ago, uh-huh. the uh, Durston X-Mid Pro 2-person tent, um, there are actually vents in either vestibule. So you've got airflow going through the top, which is where the condensation collects. So you've got the ability for that air to kind of flow through there. There'll be a condensation regardless, but that'll eliminate quite a bit of it right there. Well, I typically, if I'm tenting, I'll either take my Sea to Summit TR2. It's a two-person that has an inner and an outer, and that has yeah. the fast fly, the fast fly pitch. 
or I will take my duplex L, which is a single wall. So it is definitely prone to condensation. And it, I think right. it gets less airflow, but it probably depends on how you pitch it because you can pitch the bathtub floor as tall as you want, really. But it's going right. to take away right. the the area that you have inside to kind of spread out. And it's, it probably is not optimized for airflow if you're pitching the bathtub floor really deep because the air's not getting up you know, through those vent points at around the bottom. Yeah, that makes sense. That Speak. makes sense. I I got something. All right, what you got? Uh, it's a, it's a new hammock. Oh, my boy's been hammock shopping. It's not scarlet red, is it? No. I bought this one point of sale while I was in Indiana last week. Oh, it's an Eno. No, it's a cloud... <laughs> It's a Cloud 71, I think is what it's called, hammock made by All Things Outdoors. Oh. And it's black, so, you know, it's gender neutral. Um, but this guy right here, man, I think it weighs like, with this, if you can hear this on the... Yeah, I love the stuff sack, dude. <laughs> little <laughs> ASMR going on there. Top um, tier. But if you, if you take the Ziploc bag off it, I think it weighs like six ounces. Wow, dude. Yeah, I got one that's five yeah, and a half ounces. What's that? I think mine is five and a half ounces, 5.8 ounces, something like that. Yeah. This thing's 11 feet, six inches long. 11 and a half feet? 11 and a half feet. And from what Jeremy from All Things Outdoors told me, that thing is as wide as it can get. Like he said, it's the widest he could possibly get it. Do you have the... The problem of the material drooping on your face if you turn sideways, like if you lay in the fetal position? Bro, this is what it was sold in. I have no idea. I haven't even used it yet. No, just generally speaking in your hammock. Like sometimes No, I use I use the um I use the clips for your uh under quilt. Uh-huh. So it holds the, the hammock out better. Okay. Well, I guess I need to add some clips or something. Yeah, because on my Darien uh, it clips right to my underquilt, and it doesn't do that at all. Well, I love Jeremy, and that hammock is awesome. I need to make some adjustments on mine because my ridge line that's um, you know connecting my two ends, it is a little bit too short for just my preference. So, like yeah. the longer it is, the less droopy it is, if that makes sense. So you kind of get a sweet yeah. spot as you're dialing in your hammock, and I have the. Uh, Man, what is that stuff called that the ridgeline is made out of? I mean, it, the, the 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 tension strength on it is super, super high, like hundreds I'll of pounds. I'll say UHWMPE stuff. It's like Dyneema. It's basically Dyneema cord. Yeah, it's very, very strong. And I have it. Yeah. It's in my ridgeline organizer, and, and I need to swap it out. I've just been too lazy. But the the one thing I would do is build in some kind of bug net oh yeah that's well can i tell you a little something about jeremy and the bug net please do so okay for people who don't know who jeremy is it's uh he is he's one of the nicest guys on the face of the planet oh sweet he's got a channel called all things outdoors and uh he's got a sweet ford bronco and i got to go a little bit of off-road with him oh, and nice. i'm hoping to go again because like once you go once, it's like you have to go again. <laughs> but uh, Jeremy makes his own gear. He has uh, 
this this hammock setup that he calls Bumblebee because it's bright yellow, uh, tarp and hammock and under quilt. He made all of it. Um, great guy, and, and he makes these hammocks, but he doesn't do bug nets for any of his hammocks. And he said he's never had a problem with it at night. He goes to bed. The bugs don't bother him because he uses some bug spray and uh, some other things to keep the bugs away. But I told him something he hadn't actually thought of, Jeremy. Or Jeremiah, not Jeremy. Do you want to know what that thing is? Yes, absolutely. What I told him about was the fact that some of us use this little thing right here. And I, let me put it where you can actually see it if you're looking on the video. Get a this is hook? called the hang time hook. Yeah. And for those of us who like to watch a little movie while we're in our hammocks, and don't judge me, by the way, I'm allowed to watch movies in my hammock. Um, it, it brings light. What does light bring? Oh, little gnats and bugs and bugs. And he hadn't thought about the fact that it's not because we're afraid of bugs. It's that when we're watching a movie in our hammock, we're drawing bugs to us. Some of us so, are afraid of bugs. Well, some people are. I'm not one of those people, but... It's just drawing more bugs, and they're annoying, and they do like to, like, bite you. And so uh, when I mentioned that, all of a sudden he kind of thought about it. So I may be cracking that egg just a little bit, Jeremiah. Well, he has a design that he puts on his hammocks if it's heavy bug season that kind of droops over you. And that would work, but personally, I'm afraid I want a bug of net. Yeah, I want a bug net too. But the zipper... I, I want the full thing. You're basically doubling the weight of the hammock though. Like, right? Because without the bug net, you don't have a top on the hammock. So I'd say at least a 30% increase in weight. Yeah, it just depends on which Noceum you use. Because Noceum is the uh, the fabric they use or the, the netting they use. And it's oh, extremely yeah. lightweight. Yeah, I didn't um, think so that. it just depends on what, what level of that you're using. But uh, I think I might be cracking that egg, Jeremiah. I might be cracking that egg just a little bit. Well, I'll tell you the best part about the netless hammock, you can wake up and pee out of either side. No problem. Just don't pee on the side your shoes are on, but you can wake up and pee <laughs> out of either side. I'm always afraid to do that because I'm so tired. Because I'm afraid I'm going to wake up, not think about it, and I'm going to pee right in my shoes. Well, there is actually something satisfying about getting up in the cold, walking to the edge of your hammock, peeing, going back in and crawling into it's the warm. warm. Oh, dude, I don't know. Maybe it's just the uh, the satisfaction you're getting from warming back up. But I was also going to say, Jeremy's YouTube channel, All Things Outdoors, make sure you put a space between out and doors. Because if you don't, like I... I found it impossible to find his channel. And that's the way that he spells the username. So you, it's not going to pop up if you oh. don't. I was even typing in like all things outdoors, Jeremy, all things outdoors, hiking, backpacking, all things outdoors, Bronco. Couldn't find it. So a little word to the wise there. If you do want to check oh, out man. his content. he You know, he started a um, like a podcast slash live stream. It's hilarious. I was on it. Yeah, you were on it, and he recently had um, Edward Chin. Is that his name? Yeah. He's a big-time camper. He's he's an overlander, man. Uh, amazing overlander. He's got – you want some high-quality videos, go check him out. You know, Definitely check him out. You know what I learned from him was uh, the Mr. Buddy heater that I take in the winter sometimes if I'm car camping. 
Like yeah. this thing is small, and I take instead of the little green canisters that screw into it, you can get like an adapter hose and screw it in where the canister would go. And then outside your tent, have a full-size propane tank that you would put on an outdoor grill. And you hook that sucker really? up. I found it. Edward Chin's videos, <clears throat> which, like, like you said, I think that he does a lot more overlanding and camping because I believe that he did have a lot of hiking and uh, backpacking. But I think that it's more niche to be in the backpacking world versus the camping world like there's so many more people that car camp all the time versus this very specific thing that we do which is backpacking yeah um i want to say a little something too before we we're going to get off here in just a little bit but did you hear david gray's dog Jaden passed away oh no that's so sad yeah, if you're somebody who's watched uh backpacking videos for any length of time there's a guy named david gray that puts out fantastic trip videos and he always takes his dogs backpacking with him. And one of his dogs, Jaden has been hiking with him for years and his health has started to kind of dip over the last few years. I know you guys did a trip with him at the Red River Gorge once and he yeah. had to leave early because Jaden wasn't doing well. Yeah. Tooth infection. Um, yeah. Well, Jaden passed away last week. And oh. uh, so we want to give our heartfelt condolences to David Gray uh, he's a friend of the channel. He's been uh, he's been on our our podcast before, mm -hmm. and we'd love to have him back on. But definitely want when you lose when you lose a pet, it, it really is losing a part of your family. And so uh, yeah, and those dogs, those are like kids to him, dude. I mean, they go. He takes he's taking those dogs on some of the craziest adventures. I've backpacked with the dogs at least three times myself. I mean, they go on. Pretty much all of them. Snow, wet, water crossings, all of it, dude. They're yep. awesome. And up to the last week of life, he'd go for a walk every day with him. Unbelievable. So, yeah, so uh, just want to shoot out a real quick uh, heartfelt condolences to our buddy David. and uh, So sorry for your loss, buddy. Uh, on a different note, I want to say a big thank you to Ryan Jordan from Backpacking Light. He just sent us a really nice email today. Oh, and yeah. uh Said he really appreciates what we're doing with the podcast and that, uh, in his words, we are a great addition to the backpacking community. So thank you very much, Ryan, for that. That was very kind. Yeah. I've been Jeremiah, your floating head for this afternoon. <laughs> yeah, the dark shirt yeah. and uh, the very pale human being. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a platform nine and three quarters. I just changed out of the blue shirt and I should have left the blue one on. I don't know. I think I like it. It's a good look for you, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jeremiah, this has been fun, dude. This has been fun. I got to go now and get my kids so we can go to a t-ball game. What do you got going All right. on? Uh, I think I'm going to watch some NBA and edit a YouTube video. That sounds like a lot of fun to me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Well, for myself and Jeremiah, we will catch you guys on the next one. Yeah. Adios, folks. Adios, folks.